Trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust me, I'm a doctor. I'm Dr. Sean Stringer, and welcome to Trust Me, I'm a Doctor podcast, the podcast meant to educate, inspire, and empower you to add more years to your life and more life to your years. Um, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice, nor does it replace the advice of your doctor. Uh, today, I have a very special guest on, Dr. Vaughn Cook, and uh, I'd like to introduce, uh, have Dr. Cook introduce himself. Um, very, very interesting gentleman, and I think you'll really enjoy today's podcast. So, hi, Dr. Cook. <laughs> good, good morning, Dr. Stringer. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks. It's good to be here. So, uh, tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll get more into what you do these days. Um, boy, you're putting me on the spot to introduce myself. Uh, I'm an Oriental medical doctor. I've been in the uh, complementary uh, business and the uh, health equipment business for over 35 years. Uh, so I started back in the days when you were truly a heretic if you were doing this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I have, uh, over those years, I've uh, developed a fair amount of uh, equipment that uses the principles of Eastern and Western medicine, uh, most of which involves information, ther uh, information theory and uh, uh, perception reframing. I have a company that I started about 15 years ago now uh, called Zyto, and uh, Zyto built some equipment that's sold to health professionals and to consumers alike. And recently we've launched another new company called Limbic Arc, which uh, uses some of those same principles, but it's a different application, and it's a direct consumer uh, product. Okay, So, thank you. Um I will, let's go into the Zyto, okay. um, simply because that's the older of the products that you have right now. And um, um, I will tell everybody, I use the Zyto. Um, it works very, very well. And can you explain to people what the Zyto actually does? Well, there, we've got multiple technologies, but the, the one that most people refer to as the Zyto is a, a scan. What we do is we measure uh, galvanic skin response and I'll show you mine <laughs> yeah so th that's called a hand cradle and you place your hand on the hand cradle <clears throat> excuse me and the uh, the contact points uh, with your skin so we're measuring changes in skin resistance to electricity so we put a very small current through the body and we're looking for changes in terms of coherence we have an algorithm that allows us to determine what is your energetic coherent state? With that feedback loop then in place, then we inject into the process stimuli, uh, they're called virtual items, and, and we create a, a list of virtual items and we then scan against those virtual items to see if there's any change in the coherence, the coherent pattern of the skin, of the energy. And we, with that input and with that feedback, we can then predict with fairly high accuracy how someone will respond to the item that has been associated to the virtual item. So I'll give you a specific example. Let's say you wanted to uh, scan for food. We have a library in our software for 500 different foods. And we can then scan each one of those foods and predict how you would respond to eating one of those foods. So if you say, well, I want to just eat food that I have a positive response to, 
you can run the scan and it might say, yeah, well, the eggs are good, but, uh, you know, milk's not any good. You know, mm -hmm. you're responding negatively to that. Now, it's not a food allergy test. It's not a medical process. It's really just a, we call it a biosurvey, and that's really what it is. It's a subconscious reply to, to computer-generated input. And uh, the nice thing about it, Dr. Stringer, as you know, is even though it's not diagnostic, you can collect a whole bunch of information very quickly because these scans happen really fast. And, and when you start to get, as a health professional, you start to get that information aggregated, we then have ways for you to make common links. So an example would be, if I uh, run a scan on different physiological virtual items, and I find that I've got a problem with my lungs, and I'm, I've got a skin rash, and I'm having some large intestine problems, well, in our software, we kind of put those together and say, well, the lung and the large intestine happen to be linked energetically, and the skin is an outward expression of that link. And mm -hmm. so what you're seeing there isn't just a lung problem or a large intestine problem. You're seeing a common problem, and then we, you, know, you can go look for solutions. And, and again, it's this pattern recognition. So we help practitioners, we help consumers recognize patterns that may not otherwise be apparent. And we can do it very quickly. Yeah, I was. Um, I just saw some clients um, just prior to us speaking today, and um, uh, one of the one of the girls looked at the foods that we tested for, and she goes, "I don't see any shellfish on here." And I said, uh, "Do you like shellfish?" She goes, "No, I actually have a reaction to shellfish." And I was like, "Because your body didn't like them, and it was uh, the response wasn't wasn't a favorable one so it didn't end up on your food list that you have printed in front of you and uh because i only print out the things that people like that their body have, has yeah, a, a finish for, for. yeah uh -huh. and so um she's like oh that's so cool uh, you know and she, <laughs> and she thought that was cool i i use the example because i'm a big metaphor guy i like to use the example it's a lie detector for your health essentially it's kind of yeah. it gives us a response and asks the question for an item and it gives us a response back from your body on how it liked that item or not. Just like if if I told you a lie and something's stressed out that needle, it's gonna give me a stressed out response. Right. And if, if it likes something and then it's gonna and it's gonna be it's just gonna show up on your list. And GSR or galvanic skin response is used in lie detector tests. So it's a it's a technique or a you know it's a science that's used not just with what our what we're doing. Yeah. And so I just I love that people get that, they understand that. Um, some people it's still very far-fetched for, but I told them this This has been out for a while. Like you developed this and similar things to this decades ago. Right. And and, yeah. and, and it works. And it's just because it's not so mainstream yet. And we're, I think we're still on the, the cusp of that early adopter portion of the curve. And um, I'm just glad to be on board because I know it works. I know it helps people. <laughs> Uh, people report to me all the time that like man this is this is the coolest thing like and then they're telling their friends about it so I, I I'm very appreciative for you of having invented this product because I know it works very well well thanks and you know we've got over the years we've had millions of scans done and so it's not like it's just new onto the market or it's untested or uh, it's, it's still new there's no question about it but it's new with a substantial history behind it. Now, do you, I mean, even though the, the data is private, do you still aggregate some of the things from the data and, and we draw to help you we improve? We don't present, we have the, we have the database built, but our current database was built a few years back. Uh -huh. We're actually rebuilding it right now. and We'll launch even uh, next month. It's interesting you'd bring it up, but we're launching a new platform that will allow us to more easily aggregate data. data. Uh, we'll be doing a lot more formal research. In the past, it's been uh, more one-off studies that we've done. But okay. We, we want to start. We want to start bringing big data into this, and we think it's going to move it a lot faster. Now, will that be something that practitioners notice on their end, or is it more on your back end that people just no, know it's not working better? No, you'll actually, uh, as a practitioner, you'll actually 
see a new product. We'll be introducing, here's a, here's a new product, here's a new way you can use this. Uh, so it's very, you know, it's, this, this piece will be very new. So. I know you don't want to give out too much. So am I the first person to have uh, knowledge of this? Like on the oh, you, web? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But, it's uh, exclusive. <laughs> well, we've talked about it. We've been working on this for a couple of years. So it's okay. not, uh, and we're, we're just to a point now we'll start beta testing in a couple of weeks. We expect we'll launch uh, a couple of weeks after that. Neat. Does it now this include artificial intelligence as part of it? Well, it'll have that capability because the, the, the challenge is uh, you have to have the data in a position where you can then put artificial intelligence over the top of it. Gotcha. Uh, in the past, our data has been segregated. So we don't, it's because of the, so for example, you have a number of clients and you scan those clients and we encrypt that data and sync it. We back that up for you onto our servers but we haven't built into our servers an easy way to go in and anonymously look at that data. Gotcha. And so, and so we just don't look at anybody's data with this new technique. We'll be able to go in and we won't be able to look at your client's personal information, but we'd be able to go in and look at general demographics and then we could look at correlations. So, so we might have, you know, 10,000 doctors around the world scanning people who would fit my personal demographic. And and we could go in and say, okay, when you have a when you have a Caucasian male of this age, what are the commonalities between them? And okay. we could say, oh, what we're seeing is all these guys are, you know, they have a tendency to X. And what we're finding is the balancer for all of those guys is Y and Z. So now we do a research study on that that would then clinically validate that. We're, you know, this is going to save a lot of time in mm -hmm. in research because we'll almost know the outcome before we even start the research study. Wow, that's that's fantastic. <clears throat> That'll so, speed up scan time a lot, too. Yeah, I, it will. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's more I could tell you, Sean, but uh, I better I understand. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll have to do it off camera and sign an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, by, by then we'll have it out to you. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so uh, why don't we go into the Evox and talk yeah. about the Evox system. And uh, this is really cool, too, because I use this system as well. Not as much, I will say this, I need to use this a lot more with my clientele um, because I think this is a really powerful piece of technology, too. And I saw, saw the advantage of it. I just don't implement it enough. Right, and And... I could say the same thing. I, I don't use it enough myself. <clears throat> um, the Evox is a, a device that will per, uh, reframe perception. So let me give you the uh, kind of a long explanation. Uh, the way you see the world, the way you perceive things, creates your reality. Mm -hmm. For example, you can be in a conversation, and if you perceive the other person as being antagonistic, or negative or condescending, you will take in what they say with a whole different meaning than if you than if you see that same person in that same conversation as being instructional and helpful and etc. So uh, on the on the one hand, you know, you talk about he said she said. Uh, it's because people see things differently. If if there's an accident at an intersection and there's 20 people around the intersection who see the accident, they're all going to have a different interpretation of what happened because they all perceive it differently. And their perception isn't just their point of view looking into the intersection. It's their history. For example, somebody may, may have had a negative experience with uh, a blonde in a red car, and there's a blonde in a red car in the accident. And so your experience with in the past is actually going to reflect in how you see the accident in real time. Well, it turns out that uh, perception uh, is laid down in memory. It's, it's based a lot on memory. And memory isn't just stored in your brain, it's stored in your body as well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so now that brings us to voice, because Evox is a voice technology. And, and I don't know if I'm rambling, but uh, here I go. <laughs> When you make voice, it requires your entire anatomy. You have to think about what you're going to say. 
you then have to articulate and you have to then in you then involve your you know respiratory system to get the volume and to get the energy to make the voice by the time you've done that you've engaged or you've involved everything that's going on with you anatomically so when you speak about a topic your voice changes relative to everything that's inside your body about that voice an example would be well let me give you two examples dr stringer first i'm, I'm i haven't taught this class for a while so i'm kind of stumbling on my words but here's an okay, example you're doing a great how, job. <laughs> an example of how valuable voice is if i call you on the phone and you pick up the phone and you say hello and i say hello dr stringer or no, I, let me say, I, I say to you, hello, Sean, uh -huh. what, what do you know about me in two words? Well, you know that I either know you personally enough to call you Sean as opposed to Dr. Stringer, or, or I'm pretending to, okay? Exactly. You, you know that. You know my gender. You know my approximate age. You know my general state of health. You know, because of the energy in my voice, you know what kind of a mood I'm in. You probably know the part of the world that I was born and raised in as a child because my, my, my accent will reflect that. So in two words, hello, Sean, boom. You've got all that information and, and that's how much information is carried in voice. So when we speak, the words we speak are really the tip of the iceberg. And there's all kinds of information that is carried. So when I, so, uh, getting back to this voice specific, when I talk about a topic, for example, if I said to you, my mother's name was Eleanor, and then I describe to you my mother, and then I say, and, and my dad, his name was Rex, and, and he had blue eyes, and, and I describe my father to you, my voice will actually change because my perception of my mother is different than my perception and my experience with my father. Now, you'll still recognize it as being my voice, but what we have developed with Evox is a computer program that will listen to your voice. And as you talk about a topic, we record not the voice. We don't care about the words you speak. We record the energy that, you're, that you carry in your voice. And we plot that on a graph. And so we can tell you, okay, uh, your perception, we call it a perception index. The perception index relative to this topic tells us the emotional components and some of the perception elements that go into that. So an example would be, I have a patient who comes into the clinic with low back pain. And I put them in the e-box and I say, okay, tell me about your low back pain. And they say, well, what do you want to know? And I say, well, it doesn't matter. We need about a 10 second, you know, voice print here. And so I say, tell me, you know, does it hurt more in the morning? Does it hurt more in the afternoon? You know, how bad does it hurt? And so they just start talking about their voice pain. And all of a sudden, uh, at when in 10 seconds, I've got this perception index and it gives me a map of all the emotional components attached to that back pain. Because there's times when a patient will come in and you'll treat the physical problem and they just won't get better. And you'll give them nutritional supplements, you'll give them physical intervention, and, and the reason that they don't get better is because they have an emotional attachment that is sabotaging everything else that's happening. Yeah. So at a, con a conscious level, they, yes, I want to get rid of this pain, but at a subconscious level, they're, they're, they're being told by themselves, by, by their, the part of them that really runs their body, no, you've got to hang on to that because it's serving some purpose. You know, you're guilty of some problem or you did something bad and, and this is the punishment for what you did that was bad and and that's a perception problem so now what happens with evox is i've got the voice print i've got the perception index and we the computer will analyze that and say okay you've got too much energy here and you've got not enough energy on some other place and so the computer then will send the information to the body that is deficient and the body, and this all happens at a subconscious level. This is not a, it's not talk therapy. It's, it's, it's computer to subconscious self. The computer then sends the information to the subconscious self. And subconsciously, we learn incredibly fast. 
So let's talk about that for just a minute. At a conscious level, most of our conscious thought occurs in the frontal lobe of our brain, and we process about 2,000 pieces of information every second. So we, so we're, if you say we're a computer, we're a really fast computer. We think fast. Mm -hmm. But at a subconscious level, we process over 400 million pieces of information in the same second. So 2,000 versus 400 million, if you think of it in terms of dollars, $2,000 versus $400 million. We're way smarter than we think. And so by giving this information from the, through the EVOX, from the computer directly to the body at a subconscious level, what would take months to process consciously, you process in seconds subconsciously. Now, humans are built to always make their best decision. And that's just the way God created us. Yep. And, and you might look at somebody and say, well, this guy is making a stupid decision. What do you mean he always makes his, you know, his best decision? Well, the answer is he perceives what he's doing as being his best option or her best option. That's just the way we're built. And so the challenge to change a behavior like hanging on to low back pain is an example. The challenge isn't to teach somebody consciously what to do. It's to change that perception or reframe the perception that leaves them in a position where their best choice is actually dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So what happens then is we put this information into their field and they pick up on it very quickly and, and you, can, you, you go through different rounds. And so I won't explain the whole process, but in just a few minutes, you'll see that the voice changes. The, the perception index will shift. And the reason that it shifts is because all of the elements that go into making voice have adapted and the voice now reflects the new perception. So you've reframed the perception and what will happen then is you open the, um, the visual field. I go, that, that's not the right word, but it's, it is a kind of a metaphor. In other words, instead of just looking down a pipe and seeing one little piece of data, we've, expanded the pipe so now oh i can see more data i have more choices my perception is broader because i'm built to always make my best choice i will just naturally choose something better something less dysfunctional now there are times when the low back pain isn't being sabotaged by some emotional component you know, that, but usually those patients get better with just the intervention that you do without the emotional piece. But if it is being held in place, so uh, I'll give you a, a specific clinical example as it relates to pain. I had a woman years ago who came into my clinic who, uh, who had pain and she'd suffered for 20 years. She'd been, she'd been everywhere. She said, I've been to the Mayo Clinic, I've been here and there and everywhere, spent a ton of money, nobody can help me. So we put her through the normal stuff and started her doing some e-box. Well, it turns out that uh, this woman had had the childhood from hell. I mean, she grew up in a family that was so dysfunctional, it was just, it was just a tragedy. And because she was a child in that environment, she grew up with a perception that this is my fault. I'm responsible for this. And then some other things happened in her life and she was holding on to this guilt based on this childhood experience. Well, when we did this, re went through the reframing process, all of a sudden her perception changed at a subconscious level and she realized, I don't need to hold on to this pain. I don't need to punish myself for things that I really am not responsible for. And so she reframed her childhood perception. And again, this doesn't happen consciously. It's not like she had this aha moment and said, oh my gosh, I've been doing this. It just happens. Mm -hmm. so, so she did the reframe. Within three weeks, we had this woman out of pain. And, uh, and that's after 20 years, and you know, I don't know how many thousands of dollars she'd spent trying to do other stuff. That, so this emotional component and this perception piece, it's just, it's incredibly powerful because we don't know what our perceptions, when our perceptions are limited and when they're not, because yeah. they're our perceptions. So, um, you know, sometimes you have a friend who just keeps making the same stupid mistakes. Like, 
you know, maybe it's some, some guy who keeps dating the same weird girls, you know, and you say, why do you keep doing this? You know, and they keeps coming back and saying, oh my gosh, I just have these terrible relationships one after another. It's like, well, it's because you date the same kind of person every time. Yeah. And, and you can see that because your perception of the situation is different than his. For him, that is reality. The other interesting thing too, Dr. Stringer, is you attract energy based on voice patterns. So you attract into your life people who have a copacetic voice pattern. And, and so if you have a dysfunctional perception, you will tend to attract people who share or will participate in that dysfunction. And that's that's why we that's why we perpetuate the same thing over and over again throughout our lives. I and never I, thought it, about that with a voice pattern, but I knew like uh, thought process wise, we would we pick up people like that. But I never even thought about the energy that goes out through our voice that that would also pick up those people would be tuned into that frequency. Yeah, and and whether it's a voice thing or whether it's an energetic thing, I'm not sure. Because your voice is just a, again, it's the tip of the iceberg of what's underneath. Mm -hmm. And and energetically, you know, I think we're more transparent than even through the voice. Be that as it may, um, resolutions. I mean, I, years ago, I stopped making New Year's resolutions because I used to make them. And then I looked back and I thought, well, that's the same resolution I made last year and the year before and five years ago. Why do you keep making the same resolution? It's yeah. because you're stuck in a, in a perception and and consciously getting out of those those perceptions and actually making a change is incredibly difficult because you're trying to do it at the 2000 level and it's managed and controlled at the 400 million level. Uh -huh. and, and so rather than create a new set of resolutions every year, you're better off to sit down with an Evox and just talk about the things in your life that you'd like to change. And your perception will change. And what happens then is instead of going top down, you're going bottom up. And these changes just occur in a natural way. It's, it's, it's so uncanny, sometimes it's almost spooky. I, it, uh, I can tell you story after story, clinically, of people I've watched go through this reframe process and their life changes sometimes in miraculous ways and sometimes it's just so subtle that it's almost you you just almost don't notice it it's like oh that's just it's a natural evolution but no it's not a natural evolution you know you you change those perceptions so you reframe your perceptions and you change your reality mm -hmm. uh, sometimes people say uh oh i work hard and i just can't seem to get ahead well, it's because they have a perception that prevents them from getting ahead. Yeah. And if, they, and if they would sit down with Evox and talk about that and just say, you know, I work hard, but I have a hard time getting ahead. They would, they would reframe the perception and they would find it's just easy now to get ahead. It's, it's almost effortless because they're programmed to always make their best decision. The problem is the decisions they're making, which are the best ones they perceive, are still deficient. They're still dysfunctional. Yeah, they're looking through the so, same lenses. And if they exactly. change the prescription, they would actually get a better a better outcome based because their vision would be a wider open. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I I um yeah, I tell people when they're gonna work with me, it's gotta be a minimum of uh, three months, should be more in the six months to a year, because um there's subconscious things that we need to get get to and, and it's forming those new habits and 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 new behaviors and some of that stuff I have to work with them uh and in changing it on the subconscious and unconscious level. And uh, uh, well I I'll use this as an example. Every single cancer patient I've ever worked with, the second time they come in and see me, we always work on perceptions and and uh, underlying behaviors and um because to me, I tell them that's the that's the fertile ground in which the seeds of your lifestyle were planted. Yeah. And, um, and so we got to change the ground because if a, if a farmer's going to change his crop, changes the soil. 
And right. so we need to change the soil in which it's in, and then we'll make the lifestyle changes. We'll plant better seeds. Um, yeah. Not the genetically modified crap now. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it's a uh, the the whole emotional piece is a, it's a lot of fun. The fun part about it is I'm not a psychologist, uh, but we have psychologists who use eBox, and yeah. and uh, I've had more than one of them tell me we can do more. I can do more in in two hours with eBox than I can do in three months without it. Um, and it's just because it facilitates this perception reframing. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I can, I totally see it there. That's why I think I need to incorporate it more uh, personally with my clientele that I see. Um, let's get into Limbacark. Um, okay. This is the newest product, uh, offshoot company that you right. formed. I'm one of the beta testers of it and uh, on the Android side of the device and I will tell you I'm seeing some fantastic results um, I noticed it in the first week alone I had uh, several stress very stressful events that would normally um, that would normally cause some challenging I would see some challenges in my life because of this that type of stress that I went through and I will tell you I ran the calm I ran the focus and I forget which other program I ran in there but I was just like kind of like chill <laughs> like I know I was like like I went through some pretty stressful events this week where stuff less than this would normally like cause a lot of havoc in my life in, in certain areas of my life and I'm just like whatever it's kind of it's happening and and I know consciously I'm I'm mindful when those things happen but usually I, after they trigger or I get triggered by them of my perception of those things, um, I would say, okay, now I need to calm down. But this week, this yeah. last couple of weeks, it was just like, oh, they didn't even trigger me. That was the that was a cool thing. So let's yeah. talk about the limbic arc and what it is and 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 how it how it's changing things for people as well. Uh, limbic arc is designed. Uh, it's it's based on Zyto technology. I mean, that's we've got a lot of history with that. Um, Let's talk about the zero point field. Maybe that's where we start. I love quantum uh, physics. So <laughs> <laughs> every everything uh, in the universe has a field, and a field is a sphere of influence. So we sometimes we talk about electrical fields or magnetic fields, uh, but everything has a field, mm -hmm. and and some things have large spheres of influence, and some things have small spheres of influence. Uh, for example, Donald Trump has a large sphere of influence. He has a large field. Uh, uh, I have a field, but it's not that big. So there's a difference you can see there. If you have a big magnet, it's going to have a big field. And if you have a teeny magnet, it's going to have a teeny field. Some languages, for example, English as a language, it has a field. So it doesn't. it's not limited to living things. It's everything, everything in the universe. The English language has a large field. The Samoan language has a smaller field. There are few people who, fewer people who speak that language. So, so you can see that everything has a field. Well, it turns out that there's a place, and a place is kind of the wrong word, but there's a place where all fields intersect. And that place is called the zero point field. That's the name it's been given. Now, the reason it's called the zero point field is because every field constrains every other field in some way. Uh, if you remember the yin-yang symbol, the yin-yang symbol, you know, half of it is yin and half of it is, half of it is yang. Well, that's a, an old Taoist symbol and it, it illustrates a principle called opposition. Everything in the universe is opposed in some way by something else. And the key, obviously, from a medical point of view is when you incorporate that image into your practice the key is you want to balance patients so that they've got a they're at a homeostatic space a balance between yin and yang well it turns out the universe works the same way the universe balances to zero and so everything in the zero point field 
opposes everything else in such a way that the universe maintains this zero point. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is, is if something in the universe changes, if one of those fields is altered in some way, other fields have to adapt to accommodate it in order to bring the sum to zero, in order to maintain the zero sum. So for that reason, that's one of the reasons it's called the zero point field. Now, what that means is that, um, well, you may have heard the statement that what you are seeking is seeking you. Or you may have heard the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, those are statements that basically uh, actually explain how the zero point field works. Because if I am seeking knowledge, that seeking, that intent, the energy I put behind that intent will actually create a perturbation in the zero point field. And the accommodation that the universe makes to my shift is that it brings to me the things that I am seeking. So you put a, you know, you write a goal down and you, or you make an affirmation and you, you know, what you're doing is you're focusing an intent, you're changing your energy and usually the manifestation or the material uh, reality of that is when the, when the zero point field shifts, you get the accommodation. So you achieve your goal. Well, okay. So that's a long way around, but uh, what happens with, with limbic art is we have developed a way to load information into the zero point field in a way that is very specifically focused. So with the limbic arc, you have the option to go in and select these, the, we call them info boosts. It's an information boost. So you, for in the one you used, one was calm. Well, if you look at the calm info boost, what it has is it has uh, a bunch of items in there or information fields that we have linked to items that are nutraceuticals or herbs or minerals that will have a calming effect. So vitamin Bs and, you know, maybe magnesium and on and on. And when you access that info boost, you, you basically load the zero point field with that information and we do it in a way where it is specifically directed to you. It doesn't just go out everywhere. It mm -hmm. goes out in a way that, that you get it. So um, the cool part about that is, is that it's, again, it's a totally a subconscious experience. Uh, now, let me back up and give you a little a bit more historical background. In the late 90s, I built a piece of technology that, that was a learning accelerator. I, I learned that if you take information and you give it to someone in the manner that we're doing with the limbic art today, if you give that information to someone and then they study the information, they will learn it faster than if you just give them the information and they consciously study it. We ran a number of tests and we found that we could increase a test score by 10 to 30% repeatedly. So, so if I gave you chapter one of a textbook and I gave it to you using this limbic arc technique and then you studied chapter one, you would score 10 to 30% better than your, your neighbor who just studies without the download of the information. Wow. So, so that's where limbic arc started. So what, what we do with limbic arc, oh, I should mention too that we also did an experiment because we wondered, well, I wonder if you just download stuff to people will they become spontaneously smarter? We found that they don't. If you just download the information, but you don't study it, you don't score any better than the next guy. But um, so what we've done with Limbic Arc is we build it so that you get this download at a subconscious level, and then we built into the app that goes with it these, these little conscious triggers. So you'll get a little trigger periodically. It'll go, you know, the column boost is running. The reason we do that is because we want to engage your conscious mind, not that you have to study what's in it, but it just triggers the conscious mind. Because we know that if you engage the conscious 
with the subconscious, you improve the outcome. Gotcha. Uh, so, so that's what limbic arc does. And we're having some amazing response with it. It's not designed to treat any kind of disease. It's designed to really help you perform better as a human. You could probably use it on a pet too. It would help your animals perform better, but, but it, it improves wellness. If you want to call it that it's, it's a, uh, um, just helps you be bigger, better, faster, more functional, happier, that kind of stuff. Neat. Um, I just remembered immune was the other one that I did. Okay. I that my son from, uh, from college and everybody on his floor got this really nasty respiratory infection. And that has been my weaker spot in my yeah. health over the years has been my respiratory system. When something would come around, that would be the week, that would be the area I would manifest. And, and no problems whatsoever. This last few wow. weeks, I didn't, I noticed a little bit one day, but I actually turned it off for a couple of days. The, the, uh -huh. in the and then I, when I realized it, I was like, oh, let me click this back on. And then I was fine. And now one of, my, one of my other children, my two-year-old, starting to get it. So I have to buy her But, uh, yeah, I, it, I, I've noticed big differences, and I really, really love the product. I think um, people should know a little bit about maybe quantum entanglement and why this works. Because okay. that's, that's more upon that. that if, uh, two particles, photons, the basic basic of particles, if they ever shared space that they are counteracting each other, that they'll, uh, they'll respond uh, in, in concert with each other, even no matter what distance they're at, correct? Right. Yeah, the experiment that uh, they early on used for entanglement to, to uh, identify it was they took a cloud of atoms uh, and then they split that cloud in two and they shipped half of them, uh, you know, to different laboratories, sometimes halfway around the world. And then what they would do is they would shine a laser into the control in the cloud, you know, here at home. And they found that the cloud halfway around the world would respond as if they had had the laser shined in at the very moment that you shined it here. So, so it's, it's once this connection's been made, you've got the entanglement. Mm -hmm. uh, limbic arc actually takes advantage of that technique because what we're doing is we're, we're entangling your account. So you have an account on our server in the cloud. And when you log into that account and you tell us, you know, you say, okay, I want the calm and the immune and the, and the, uh, the other boost you got. Then that information is activated and because you're entangled with that account, you then get the response. You feel the response. It actually impacts your field because again, all of our fields interact in the zero point field. Yeah, I, I think everybody should know that um, all energy was at one point always entangled and when the big bang or whatever occurred in the universe and it all spread, it's still all interconnected. Yeah. And so, me, this camera, you—we were all sharing, sharing energy, and we still all right. share that energy together. And it's—it's uh, it's far fetched, but it's really—it's funny because our science fiction has been talking about these things for years. But how how we think of stuff on Star Trek and 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 uh, Star Wars with the Force is uh -huh. this is the Force, <laughs> you know? This is yeah. a field of energy, yeah. and it can be influenced. Uh, we just need to know how to harness it and utilize it so it's more beneficial how we want to use it. Well, and one of the challenges that you have and I have is explaining this to people in a way that they go, oh, okay, this is worth giving them a try. Because a lot mm -hmm. of times you explain things to people and they go, oh, that's just crazy, you know, or that's just woo-woo, you know, that can't be true. That would have and been me when, nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in fact, it's, it's, it's not strange it's just things we don't understand you know and i'm sure in nine more years you and i'll be having another conversation we'll be talking about things that are even weirder than this <laughs> <laughs> it is it's funny because i'm classically trained as a chiropractor and then um about 10 11 years ago i started 
teaching laser therapy to uh, doctors and then understanding the physics of lasers. And then when I first heard this stuff, I was like, oh, that's that woo-woo stuff kind of thing. Yeah. And I told uh, the first seminar, I kind of heard some of this stuff at. I was like, if they ask me to drink the Kool-Aid, I'm out of here because <laughs> I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be in the group of corpses on the ground. And uh, so, but then I started listening to the speaker and some of his podcasts over the years, uh, which happened to be Bob Marshall. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and started listening to his stuff. And I'm like, wow, this makes sense. And then I started correlating it with phys the physics, laser physics. And I'm like, wow, this quantum physics makes so much sense. And the more and more I learn about quantum physics, the more I'm understanding how things happen in our world and our universe and how it's interconnected and why prayer works. And it's just like it, all these things just, it, it makes much more sense once you start going down this rabbit hole. Yeah. You understand that it's not a rabbit hole. It's, it's the field. You're like looking at yeah. everything and now everything makes sense to you. It's fun, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Like the, the books I'm going through, uh, right now, uh, Lynn McTaggart's intention, uh, okay. Project uh -huh. book right now. And so I just did her field and now I'm doing the intention project. And it just, the studies that she's talking about these major universities proving these things and how these things work. And I, you know, understanding like, um, I guess about maybe about two or three years ago where I understood, really understood why the Zyto worked and, uh, and, and how these things work on a basis. Now it's more me being able to find metaphors and analogies that people can understand to yeah. get it too. Yeah. That they, Oh, okay. I see how that works. So yeah, that's the biggest yeah. challenge. Well, and, and, and because it's new, Sometimes people think, well, you have to be able to explain everything, but we don't understand gravity. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we don't understand magnetism. Uh, you know, I turn the light switch on and when I walk in the room and the lights come on and I don't have to understand everything about electricity to make that happen. It just happens. Exactly. And, and this is, so we're just tapping into, into realities that are becoming more commonplace, more common knowledge, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's but it is fun. The amazing thing about it is all this stuff is it works. It's uh -huh. just uh, you know you watch what people would call miracles, and uh, it's it's fun. But like, uh, yeah, and, and getting into like you were saying, adding the magnesium, like that's not going to add magnesium into your body, but that's going to make your body probably more aware that it needs to absorb magnesium easier. Right. Or, or utilize it better. And well, that's going to make it better for your body to run because the magnesium boost that's there. Exactly. It's the info boost. Uh, one clinical example, the years ago, I, uh, this has happened more than once. A patient would come in with uh, who diabetic, but they're insulin resistant. And so over time, they just take more and more and more insulin. And, and by loading them with an insulin info boost, essentially, you re-educate their body to this intolerance that they've developed. And their, their tolerance then, their intolerance decreases, and they can reduce the dose and still maintain control of their blood sugar. I've had that happen a number of times, to the point that, you know, I used to do it and say to my patient, when I would give them this in, the info boost, I'd say, now you've got to talk to your doctor who prescribed this insulin and you want to monitor your insulin very closely because you may start overdosing yourself on insulin. It's oh, that yeah. significant. And, and your example with the magnesium is exactly the same. I may be getting plenty of magnesium. In fact, I remember one patient who came in, they had all the symptoms of scurvy. And I thought, well, maybe they're just not getting enough vitamin C. So I, you know, in the intake, I start asking them questions about, you know, what's your diet? What's this? They're getting a ton of vitamin C. Okay, how come you've got scurvy? We did the info boost for vitamin C, and all their symptoms went away. My only conclusion, and I can't prove this, but just my clinical opinion is, for some reason, they were having a similar reaction to what these insulin-resistant patients were having. And when we re-educated their body, basically gave their body the blueprint of this is how you're supposed to manage the vitamin C, all of a sudden they got smarter about what they were doing, and, and they got better. Yeah. So information, uh, 
See, the limiting perception is information can only come to me through my conscious inputs. The reality is you have all kinds of information. In fact, most of your information comes to you through your subconscious inputs. And we're just tapping into those subconscious inputs and giving you information that we have learned for, by experience. It's a, it's a legitimate way to deliver it. We're delivering it to you in a language that you understand. And uh, it's, it's way cool. I think uh, millennials won't get this or younger, but we're like uh, flipping the bunny ears on the TV set in order to get the better reception. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but to get that, uh, you know, to get that signal better, we might have to move some things around. And I think this the info boost are moving around those ears so we get a better reception. We're not getting that static and we're getting a cl crystal clear picture of what needs to be performed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I really, I'm coming to the conclusion, I think that's what DNA is the main function of DNA is to tune in those signals rather than carry that information is to tune in the signals of, of what's being sent to us yeah. in the field. Well, your body, you, you know, cell to cell, you do, it's a communication process. Yeah. If your intercellular communication channels break down in any way, you get sick very, very fast. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, chemically our bodies can't respond with chemical reactions as fast as some of this stuff happens in our bodies. Our nerves right. can't transmit those signals as much, and our bodies are picking up those the photons or those uh, biophotons, those lights that are being emitted, and the communication uh, through the different cells. It's, it's a communication system that's working faster than the speed of light, but um, yeah. it's still hard because we're still in the Newtonian physics and E equals MC squared, thinking that light travels at a certain speed, but it travels much faster. You know, it can travel much faster. Um, yeah. than what we perceive and, and really time and time and uh, space are kind of an illusion in this whole yeah. quantum yeah. field. Right. In the zero field, it's really, there is no space or time. It's, it's when you affect the moment you affect eternity. Yeah. Um, I will share this with you. Like uh, uh, I lost my first wife um, in 2007. Uh, to uh, the adverse effects of chemo and radiation. Uh, uh -huh. She ended up having an um, infection and dying of an infection from uh, as a result of treating stage four colorectal cancer. And uh, uh, as we were in the hospital, it was in her final days, but uh, she's like, I have to go to the bathroom and she's on the IV cart. And I said, okay, I'll help you in. And I had, uh, I had a, like almost like a um, deja vu moment of at that split second of her falling forward and hitting her head on the bathroom sink. And so it was like, I'm just going to hold on to your gown. And, and I held on to her gown. And as we were walking into the bathroom, she passed out and started to fall forward. And all of a sudden, when I looked at the bathroom, I had seen that exact bathroom in my earlier deja vu moment. Huh. And, um, and I grabbed her before she hit the sink and placed her on the toilet. And um, in my original premonition, she actually instantly died she, when she hit that. And yeah. so um, I was driving in the car a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, my God. I sent myself that vision in the past of what I would perceive now as the past to actually have those few extra days with her that she didn't instantly die at that. And I was like, that's wow. so cool, you yeah. know. Because it kind of made yeah. sense, like space and time really don't exist. I saw this, but I might have seen it before and sent myself the information in the past to prevent that you, from you, actually. You happening. may have just, you may have just explained deja vu. Yeah, you know, that's why I, mean, I think it is. Some people, I had some of my colleagues, they were talking about that maybe uh, there was a thought process that they were uh, parietal lobe seizures, but I don't, uh -huh. I don't believe that. I think that's us sending information to another period of time yeah. uh, to ourselves. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, it's, that's it's, a good, I, I like that theory. It makes sense. But um, so what three items would you like everybody to know as it relates to the topics we've discussed today? Oh, wow. Um, if you could summarize it. 
Well, I would say, first of all, you are a whole lot smarter than you think you are, or I should say you're a whole lot smarter than you think. Um, that first thing. I think the, the other thing is that humans are built to always make their best choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're making dysfunctional choices, it's not because we're stupid. It's because we don't perceive better choices. And I think the lesson in that is we should be a whole lot more compassionate with each other than we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody sees the world differently than I do, that's perfectly okay. And I should accept the fact that they're going to operate based on their perception. Um, and I think that the third thing would be uh, just keep yourself open for strange and wonderful things because uh, there's lots of them around and there's more coming, I'm sure. Yeah. If you could tell yourself stuff in the past, three, three things you could share with yourself in the past, what would it be? Um, well, that's a tough one because, because I tend not to spend much time on the past. Um, probably we're similar that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I don't know, Dr. Stringer, I would probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty old now, so I'm pretty uh, patient and I realize that there aren't a lot of uh, fatal choices in life. You know, we make good choices and bad choices and sometimes we suffer from both. Uh, but, but really both kinds of choices uh, will benefit us if we allow that to be the case. And so, um, you know, there, there, there's probably things in my life I would change. You know, I might be a little more aggressive than I have been in the past, but, but I don't, I can't say that because, you know, it's my past that brought me where I am today. And, and I have a great life. I really do. I mean, I have, I have so much to be thankful for and, and it's, and it's not all good. You know, I have stress in my life and I, and, and once in a while my wife disagree with each other and, you know, my kids aren't perfect and, and sure I'd like to have more money and, and all those other things, but I, you know, I love my life. It's really great. And even the bad times are good. So, um, I don't know what to say. I'm, I guess the one thing I would, another, the fourth thing I would say is I think it's important for people to be grateful. I would say put more gratitude in your life. I think for all of us, that's, that's just a really healthy thing to do. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. I think I would, um, kind of going back is teach myself the lesson of asking better questions. Like why is this happening for me? instead of why is this happening to me all these years? Right. So, yeah. you know, what's the lesson am I to learn from this um, yeah. that will benefit me so I don't repeat it in the future, you know, uh, which I think that's why a lot of people repeat because they're asking the wrong questions too. That has to do yeah. with your perception. But excellent, excellent. Well, anything else you want to share with us? Want to tell us any other uh, products that are coming out? <laughs> no, I, you know, uh, I I don't have any other new fancy things to tell you about yet. So. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, thank you for coming on the show. This has been highly informative. Uh, people will love it. How can people find you or more of you? Uh, to be well, there, there's uh, Zyto. The website is zyto.com. Uh, Limbic Arc has a website, L-I-M-B-I-C-A-R-C.com. So they could see more information there about those the products that those companies offer. And uh, that's probably the best place to go. Cool. Well, thank you very much uh, again for coming on the show. And uh, uh, people, you're watching this, uh, great. Just re- make sure you share it, tag a friend, um, people you think that might be interested. And then uh, don't keep this podcast a secret. Um, uh, share it and make sure that people know about us so we can keep on growing and keep on educating, inspiring, empowering people to add more years to their life and more life to their years. So until next time, I'm Dr. Stringer. Peace. Doctor? 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 Doctor?
Doctor? Doctor. Doctor? Doctor. 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 And Doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Slower is better. Trust me. I'm a doctor.